for tuning in to NL Newsday. It's Wednesday, September the 15th. I'm Jeff Andreas. The time right now, 421. Now, of course, we're getting pretty darn close to voting day here in Canada. Five days from now is Monday. It's the 20th. It is election 2021. Now, as Canada here is in the final week of campaigning for this election, the governing Liberal Party is ahead of its competitors, according to a new research co-poll. So, to talk more about what this poll shows us at this stage of the game, please to welcome to the program once again the president of Research Co., Mario Canseco. Mario, thanks for the time. How are you here this afternoon? I'm doing great, Jeff. Great. For, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, appreciate you taking the time here. So, let's just start. I mean, I see some, some polls are sh- showing that the uh, liberals and conservatives are really neck and neck right now, but yours has the liberals just a little bit ahead. I guess maybe take me through what the results that you found are showing uh, in breaking down the, the liberals versus the conservatives and how, just like every other poll, the NDP finding itself a distant third right now. Well, it's a four-point lead for the Liberals right now, uh, which is a little bit better from where they were a couple of weeks ago, but certainly not as great as the numbers that they had before the election was called. This is, in essence, a statistical tie. Uh, Because of the 3% margin of error, the number could be actually 31% for the Liberals and all the way up to 33% for the Conservatives. So it's definitely a very close race, but one which is defined in a way in favor of the Liberals because they continue to be doing better than the Conservatives in Ontario, and they are still ahead of the Bloc Québécois in Quebec. Well, one of the interesting points, too, when we're talking about the Conservative membership and people who would typically vote Conservative, I mean, the People's Party of Canada first entered the election in 2019, right, when Maxime Bernier kind of defected, if you will, from the Conservative Party, decided to form his own party in the PPC, and it looks like they're getting a whole lot more support here in 2021. Well, this is definitely the story of the campaign so far. Uh, The fact that we began this year with the People's Party mired somewhere between 1% and 2%, not really connecting very well, and now they're all the way up to 5%. It might not seem like much, uh, but when you factor in that all of this is coming from the conservative pile, this makes things even more complicated. Uh, We know that the conservatives are losing one out of every 10 votes that they had in the last election to the People's Party. This could mean that certain writings where they won the last time are not going to be that safe. If we see a lot of that vote staying with the People's Party on Election Day. Now, the real problem with the People's Party is that it has emerged essentially as a form of a a, a protest vote. So a lot of people who are dissatisfied with the vaccine passports, dissatisfied with the way the COVID-19 pandemic has been managed, uh, they're saying that they're voting for the People's Party, but are the same people that we see protesting and being very upset with mass mandates going to go through the problems of wearing a mask and actually casting a ballot on Monday. That still remains to be seen. Yeah, and one thing, too, as I look at sort of the, the polling numbers right now, seeing the PPC ahead of the Greens, I, I don't know if it's shocking, but yet uh, it still sort of surprises me just to look at it, right? Like, I know what's going on here across this country and some of the dissatisfaction that people have, uh, but still, the Green Party, of course, has a pretty pretty good history in Canada, and, and to see the PPC, which has a very small history in this country, being... Uh, ahead of them in some of the polling is is kind of interesting if if from my perspective anyway um you did get a little bit of a look and breaking this down by by province province by province seeing where things are i'm just curious if there was anything that surprised you as you sort of looked at where each province stands in terms of where they might be casting a ballot was there anything that stood out to you 
Well, uh, there's definitely a recovery for the Liberals in Ontario. A couple of weeks ago, we had the Conservatives ahead by one point. Now we have the Liberals in first place clearly, and this is definitely something that bodes well for their chances, particularly when it comes to the 905 belt. They're still ahead of the block. I think there was an expectation that the block would essentially pick up a little bit of steam after the two televised debates, which is what happened back in 2019. They did, but not at the level that many people might have expected. And here in British Columbia, it's essentially a three-horse race. Uh, we have the conservatives, the, the New Democrats, and the liberals separated by one point. So a lot of writings are still at play. And the big wild card in that sense in BC is the Green Party. You know, we know that the two incumbents that are defending seats in Vancouver Island are well known and might conceivably have a chance to win the seat. But the biggest problem for the Greens is that they're not running a full slate, so there might be people who want to vote for the Green Party who cannot find a candidate. And they really haven't been able to find the charts after the debate. We didn't see any movement for enemy polls numbers, so they could be heading for the worst result in a federal election in this century. When you go through these exercises, one thing that always I find kind of interesting is you talk about which people are, or sorry, where people are planning to vote, who's ahead, is it liberal, is it conservative, is it NDP, and, and you know, the, those numbers always seem to make sense to me, but one thing that always is, not always, but sometimes is different is when you ask, who would be the best prime minister? Because just because people would rather see the liberals vote doesn't necessarily mean they think Trudeau would be the best leader, but yet this time around, it looks like the numbers sort of match up to where people are aligning their votes as well. Well, this is a key indicator to see the sentiment for change. You know, one of the problems with measuring the sentiment for change in a country like Canada is you might have a majority of people saying that it's time for change. But when, when all of them are voting for a different party, uh, they are a false majority in essence. You could still have 35, 37 percent of people voting for one party and they will form the government. The, the question about who would you rather have in, in charge of the federal government is more effective in that sense. And it's something that has helped in the past to figure out the size of a government. If we go back to the election of 2006, there was a moment when Stephen Harper overtakes Paul Martin. If we go back to the election of 2015, there was a moment where Justin Trudeau overtakes Tom Mulcair and Stephen Harper. We're just not seeing that this year with Erin O'Toole. We definitely see a higher level of support for the Conservatives than we did a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. But people aren't looking at him as the person they want to run the show. There are still three or four days left, and, and you know the, the numbers might be shifting. But at this stage, he hasn't been able to establish that emotional connection on any issue other than foreign policy. Yeah, and uh, last thing here for you, Mario, but just, you know, when you, you do this, you put this out yesterday, this uh, survey that you, the, this poll that you uh, were talking about here is from September the 14th, so on Tuesday. Do you ever really see a whole lot of movement when you're talking less than a week out, or does it feel like there's not going to be a whole lot of change? There's always opportunity for surprises, of course, but just in the polling aspect, do you see a whole lot of movement over those final five days, generally speaking? You know, every election is different, and there's a couple of examples that certainly come to mind. One of them would be Ontario in 2011, when it seemed that the progressive conservatives under Tim Huda were going to win, and we saw a massive shift of voters in the final 48 hours that said, we're sticking with McGinty and the Liberals. The other example would be Alberta back in 2015. I remember putting out a press release that said, the NDP is going to form the government in Alberta. This is not a typo, and a lot of, a lot of people didn't believe it, because 
because they thought it was unfathomable for the progressive conservatives to lose. All of those happened in the final week of the campaign, and nothing would surprise me about this one because it's been all over the place. Yeah, it certainly has. Well, five days left to go. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what happens on Monday night, as I'm sure you are as well, and always appreciate you taking some time to come on NL and, and speak to your latest poll. So thanks so much for this, Mario. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'm sure we'll have a chance to chat soon. My pleasure, Jeff, anytime. Awesome stuff. Mario Canseco right there, the president of Research Co. And again, we'll just kind of go over the numbers that are in his poll here right now. So the Liberals, he has at 34%, the Conservatives at 30 the NDP and Distant third at 20 the Bloc at 7 the PPC at 5 and the Green Party at just 3%. That's